You will have all heard what happened last Sunday in Sri Lanka, where Catholics were at Mass celebrating Easter Sunday Mass, and a suicide bomber walks into the church and wreaks tragedy on Catholics. It's painful to watch. It's painful to see the video clips of what happened. Children, many of them, had to die in that massacre. Some of those children, I heard, just made their first communion on that Easter Sunday morning. And as I sat and looked at the news, I could feel the anger swelling in my heart. I could feel a palpable anger in me. Why will anybody in the name of any God do something like that? I could feel it deep in my heart, the urge for punishment, for retribution, for revenge, for vengeance, if that is what it takes. Those feelings can be normal, and that's what makes us human. But the question I've been asking myself all through the week, how can we fight evil, but not let evil limit the power of love? How can we overcome evil and not let the anger that is created by evil to limit the light of love? And that's the challenge. Because the problem is when anger begets anger, when hate begets hate, then evil wins. Yet it's part of our human mind to feel angry in the face of tragedy. To feel angry in the face of injustice. But we have a challenge. Or let's take another example. Something that actually happened a few years ago. So imagine this beautiful kid who is riding his bicycle around in their neighborhood, beautiful sunshine day, and all the kids are all out in the neighborhood playing around. And there is this drunken driver who just so drunk, veers off the road, and just drives on the sidewalk and kicks and just knocks off this kid. And this kid is now paralyzed for all his life. Certainly, that drunken driver needs to be locked up for the rest of his life. I'm all for that. Yet you know that healing will not come to that family just by locking away that drunken driver. It has to take something higher. 
Because so long as that mother continues to look at the paralyzed baby every day, the pain will be fresh. And that is the insufficiency of retributive justice. That is the huge limitation of retributive justice. So if you punch my nose, I punch you twice as hard. Sometimes it feels good, you know. Yet the problem is that it really doesn't give us true healing. It has to take a higher sense of justice. What some people will call restorative justice. Reparative justice. Something that comes way, way above our physical realm for us to have lasting healing and peace in our heart. And that's what we celebrate this morning. The divine mercy of Christ Jesus. The fact that the grace of mercy, the grace of forgiveness, that is really our route to true peace. And that's what we celebrate this morning. The disciples, like all of us, have our ways of dealing with pain, dealing with tragedy, and dealing with injustice. All of them witnessed what happened on Good Friday, and they all had to figure out how to deal with that tragedy. Some of the disciples decided that the first style or the first way of dealing with their tragedy is resorting to fear and withdrawal. And so they had to segregate themselves, lock themselves up. And so for them, one way of dealing with tragedy is through isolation, separation, segregation. Get away from the evil world. Get away from your evil family. Get away from your evil ex-husband. Get So it's all about get away. But Jesus comes to them this morning and says, Hey guys, no, no. It has to be something more. Isolation is not the route. And so Jesus breathes on them. And he says to them, Peace I give you. Whatever you forgive is forgiven. And whatever you let go is let go. And so the first lesson we learn in our gospel this morning is that the route to true peace in your heart when you are hurt is forgiveness. The grace to forgive and let go. Forgiveness. The second thing we see in the gospel is how Thomas was dealing with his own sense of tragedy. For Thomas, he resorted to total skepticism, total doubt in everything. Sometimes I've met some Catholics who say to me, Father, I don't go to church anymore. 
And I'm like, so what's the problem? I'm tired. I'm tired of all the things I hear in the news. I'm tired of the bishops. I'm tired of you priests. I'm just tired of the church. And I say, I get it. I get it. You have a right to feel that way. But total doubt, throwing everything away, throwing your faith away completely, that might not be the way to heal. That was the kind of mindset that Thomas had this morning. Thomas was so, so disappointed with the tragedy of the cross. And he felt like, you know what, I'm done. I don't want to believe in any of these things. I don't even want to think about these things again. And Jesus comes to him this morning and says, Listen, Thomas, total cynicism is not the way to go. Absolute doubt is not the way to go. We walk by faith, Jesus tells Thomas. You may believe because you see me now. Blessed are those who have not seen and have believed. And so that is the kind of healing that we are talking about this morning. That is the kind of superior justice that we celebrate this morning. The sense of forgiveness, the sense of faith, the sense of reconciliation and peace that we all receive in the power of the risen Christ. Now, let me close by sharing with you an actual story, a true story that a parishioner told me a few years ago. And I've shared this story a couple of times because it really made a very deep impression in me. So this parishioner told me that they had been married for about 10 years, and she felt they had a good marriage. They didn't fight at home. There was no quarrel. They had five beautiful kids. And so by her standard, her marriage was a good one. And then from nowhere, suddenly, out of the blues, the husband says, I want out of the marriage. Huh? I want out. You want out? What happened? No, just give me a divorce. I want a divorce. I need a divorce. And she said she was broken devastated, couldn't understand what was going on. Well, it came to be that the husband met another woman and seemed to have fallen in love with the other woman and his heart was now doing boom, 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 boom. And so he now wants to get out of the marriage that has five children already and go begin another one. Eventually, he gets a divorce and gets married to the other woman. Unfortunately, that second marriage didn't last about two years, and it all fell apart. Unfortunately, a few months after that breakup, the husband was diagnosed of cancer, and he was just sick all by himself. The first wife, no, not there. The second wife, all gone. And the same first wife was the one who had to literally go back to take care of this man. And at that point, I looked at the parishioner like, huh, you did that? My jaws dropped. I said, you did that? 
And I remember saying to her, you know, if I was Pope, I would canonize you right now. Right now. <laughs> and I remember she said to me, well, at the end of the day, she's still the father of my children. Regardless of the kind of person he is, he's still the father of my five kids. Moreover, father, aren't you people the ones that tell us that if you love only those who love you, what good is that? All right, here you go. Yet the truth is that sometimes love can hurt us so deeply. Sometimes relationships can hurt so deeply. Family can hurt you so deeply. People you trust can literally betray you so deeply. And you might even tell yourself, I would never ever, ever have anything to do with them again. But this morning we have a model. A model of deep, true, genuine healing. If you want to find true healing, the route is mercy, forgiveness, peace, faith, Reconciliation. These are the things that bring you lasting healing in your heart. Let us now bow our heads in prayer. We walk by faith and not by sight. No gracious words we hear. Of him who spoke as none have spoke, yet we believe in him. We may not touch his hands and side, or fall away he Yet in his promise we rejoice and cry, my Lord and